Mean Old Lion Media presents Wardrobe Boss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wardrobe Boss podcast. I'm Eliza Perilla, your host, and I am the Wardrobe Boss. I'm here to chat about personal style, winning mindsets, and living as the best version of yourself. Uh, As a style coach and home organizer, part of my mission is to encourage people to live in authenticity. And sometimes that comes from friends and family and sometimes from complete strangers. Either way, we all need community to remind us of who we really are. Today, my guest is a jazz vocalist and fashionista. Lizzie, the jazz singer, is making moves with her vocal stylings, her vintage vibes, and her jazz diva collection. Um, Before we talk about vintage valuables, Lizzie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. And please tell me about how your love for all things jazz came to be. Thank you, Eliza. It's really, really wonderful to be here. Um, I love the Wardrobe Boss podcast, so it is a real delight and pleasure. So thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, Let's see. I mean, all things jazz. I started uh, listening to jazz when I was really a teenager. Um, You know, at that point, I listened to Whitney Houston and Prince and The Cars and also fell in love with Linda Ronstadt's album called What's New. Mm -hmm. And basically she sang uh, the American Songbook, you know, which is um, the jazz standards. And that was my first introduction into these beautiful songs that I get to sing every day now, which uh, really give me a lot of pleasure. Awesome to be living your dream. (laughs) What more? It's just... Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, a million times yes. It's it's really <laughs> wonderful. It, it it is. It gives me uh great pleasure and also it's very challenging but a wonderful kind of challenge and um it motivates me, it inspires me and um there's been such great music that has been created over this last century. Um, and to be able to take part in that music is uh, pretty awesome. It's so nice when you see people, um, for me, when I see people who are doing what they're truly called to do, I think it just makes the world a much happier place. As a jazz vocalist, a signature look is absolutely necessary. So tell me about your look and vibe on stage and how you stay style inspired. I would say that I'm very classic, elegant, sophisticated, but still playful and not really overtly sexy in my look. Um, I really um, feel when I'm on stage and even as um, I choose like songs and the people I work with, I'm very much I am woman. And that's important to me to be my most authentic self. And that is being um, being a woman. Um, I really love solid colors, jewel tones, cool colors. I love the power of a neckline and the power of a high heel. Um, I definitely think accessories make a look. So you'll see, you know, I like to wear pearls and hats and furs. And I mean, not so that it's too much that it's overbearing, but I really think accessories can really create a look and help you um, achieve what it is that 
um, this overall image that you're going for. Um, I would say the vibe. You asked about vibe, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My vibe is definitely like, I think approachable. Um, Connecting with the audience is really important. Um, I like to also inspire people to be their authentic self, to really find like what you said, like when you really walk in what you're called to do and what you love to do, there's real power there, but there's also really um, some pretty amazing humility. And um, so I like to, even with the song choices and with the way that I engage with my audience, um, I like to inspire. I like them to, to think like magically and outside of the box. Um, so that's a little bit about my, my kind of what's going on behind the scenes in this brain of mine. I like that you said that you don't try to dress sexy, don't intentionally dress sexy. That clearly says you know who you are. Not only that, you have a sexy body. Like you can kill a look because I've seen you do it. (laughs) Um, The fact that you are aware of your body and you know what you want to project and that you can go a certain way, but you don't because you don't choose to. I think that is something really to be celebrated. And it now that doesn't mean, right, to someone who's listening, you don't know how to put a sexy look. You just do it in your way at, at your taste level. So like one thing I always thought looked great on you is you kill a pencil skirt or like dress like you will kill that look um it's something that looks great on you and for you i think it really makes you look sexy but like you said not overtly i'm trying too hard way so i can really appreciate that about you lizzie thank you (laughs) while you represent timeless music i feel like the look in the jazz age which is pretty cool but would you say your love for um, vintage has evolved as a result of that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would say that there's a bit as far as how I present myself, how I dress. Um, but I would say what's remained constant is my love of glamour, my love of beautiful women, my love of feeling like a beautiful woman. Um, you know, clothing has evolved throughout the ages and it's... Um, you know, it represents different attitudes that we're feeling during the time, like different time periods. Um, so I would, I mean, if I was to pick a time period that I feel most connected to, it would probably be the 30s and the 40s. Um, the tailoring, you know, you just nailed it with the pencil skirt, but the tailoring during that time, uh, there was such an attention to detail. There was such, um, you know, you think of lapels and collars and little, little hats and little gloves and high heels. Like the woman was, was becoming, um, she had a a level of freedom in the way that she dressed, but there was also this um, real sense of elegance and sophistication. And it's also very practical. I think, you know, you had a lot of pencil skirts or um, shorter, well, you know, not so short skirts, but they were there. Um, And then you had, um, jackets. And then you had these beautiful dresses with open backs, which was so revealing. And whoa, you see those on the movies and you're like, holy cow, that's a really big deal that they're showing the entire nape of the neck and then going down the back. Um, I think that 
you know, dressing to present myself in the most beautiful way has always been consistent. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, I love the beaded flapper style dresses and I'll rock those at a show. Um, I will um, also wear like classic 40s style, like that dress we just spoke about where it has um, an open back and maybe I love a good cinched waist, but also pockets are just wonderful to have. Um, I, my hemlines are generally right at my knee and to my calf, just because on my body that looks the best. But yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's continually evolving with my attitudes and with my style and how I want to present myself. Um, And I think that's also reflected in the music. You know, when I curate a a musical show, um, I think about, I, I visualize it. What am I wearing? What is the look I'm portraying? What is it that I'm sensing and feeling about this show? Um, And that's really found in song selection. What am I saying in these songs? What are the songs that are moving me right now? What is the messages that are in these songs? And, you know, it's all, it's all wrapped into one. It's one big package, which is why I love preparing for a show because there's so many elements in it. I think that's the best way to say all of that. (laughs) You know, and right, listening to there's so much um, meat to what you said, but something that is like blaringly, oh, I don't know if blaringly is a word, but that's blaring and sticking out to me is um, the word sophistication, because that really was um, a time of sophisticated fashion. And even when we were talking about pencil skirts, I personally will never wear a pencil skirt to my knee because for me, for my body type and for what I like, I like my pencil skirt to be over my knee, almost T-length because it's a more sophisticated look. And you see that a lot in Victoria Beckham dresses and, um, And it's just something that um, I just, in fact, probably one of my favorite dresses in my closet is a Victoria Beckham dress because of that silhouette, which, you know, somebody used to style her in that silhouette and she jacked his whole thing. But that's a whole nother story. But uh, (laughs) I mean, he still makes beautiful clothes, but I'm just saying, I mean, that was blatantly obvious. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I appreciate um, there's like a, a romanticism, there's sophistication yeah. in it, there's a, a nice level of class in it, which is something that we've gotten away from because people don't want to get dressed up. At that time, men only wore suits. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and even the thing with the flapper, it's so interesting, right? Because that's when women were not wearing anything short. So when the flappers came out, people were appalled. Hauled. They were like, oh my gosh, what is she wearing? And those became the daring women. It took a, such a turn in fashion just because of the flappers, which like that was such a cool moment in fashion history, that alone within itself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was such a rebellious spirited, like, no, I am going to have fun. I am going to live my life and I'm going to wear what's comfortable and barely anything 
at that time, those flapper dresses. And I love how they wore the their little feathers on their heads and the bands. And it, it was just such a playful, spirited, sensuous time, um, I think, for both men and women. And you see it reflected in the clothing. And I think you could look at every decade and say that about, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about fashion. You know, it speaks when we don't have to. What a chic version, right, <laughs> of rebellion. Yeah. Dang, how much more sophisticated can you be and be rebellious? I mean, that's sexy itself, which is much different from where we are today, although I can appreciate where we are today. I agree with you. I love that. I, I love the 40s. Yeah. And I love the 70s. Like one of my favorite, favorite looks is like that iconic, I always think of, Bianca Jagger in that white suit and like with a Sancho pay look. I just picture this, this very tailored white suit somewhere in Sancho pay with the tans, whatever. To me, that is like, I, that is, I love, love, love that because there's so much to say in, um, with a woman with a suit and she did it at a time where they weren't really doing that. Um, so I appreciate that. It reminds me of that the beauty of Yves Saint Laurent during that period where he was, the women were there in front of him and he was just draping fabric off of them. How do I make the woman look as beautiful as she can? And Halston too. Halston with those all those dresses and how he dressed Liza Minnelli. Yeah, yes, so absolutely. I love Halston. You know, New York City is filled with so many vintage shops. and And I know that you use some of these shops because you're looking to collect very specific items. So which are your favorite shops? And um, can you remember something that you purchased that was pretty amazing? Yes. So I would say uh, one of my favorite vintage shops to go in because you really get all levels uh, meaning levels in um, daily wear as well as ultimate show wear and also price as well. Something that's, you know, $50 to something that's $50,000. So it's almost like a museum as well as a shopping experience, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it's called New York Vintage. It's on um, West 25th Street. And then one of my other places that I love, and it's specific to jewelry, it's called Deco Jewels, and it's on Thompson Street. And they focus on um, really any type of costume jewelry. Uh, it's mainly costume jewelry. And then they have this really vast collection. Do you remember the Lucite bags? Oh, yes. Hard Lucite with the handle on top. Exactly. That they're like square. Yes. Well, they're all yes. different kinds and all different sizes and colors. And so they have that collection as well, which I'm not a collector of those, but they're always fun to look at. But the jewelry, it's, it's amazing because they just have these um, bins that are, um, there's jewelry and then it's kind of like when you go and look at gemstones and they have like palettes and palettes and palettes just stacked on top of each other of all this, you know, do you want to look at earrings today, bracelets, necklaces? So I'd say that one of my favorite pieces, and I got it from there as well, is this um, vintage pearl necklace that is a choker. And then from the choker actually comes down and has this medallion that all of these pearl strings are attached to and attach the choker. And then it comes around 
the body and and like fastens in the back and has this beautiful clasp in the back. So you're not only getting pearls in the front, choker in the front, clasp like a brooch, but then you have this beautiful um, brooch in the back as well. So it's it looks great with just like a classic black dress. And that's the only thing I wear over it. And you just see this beautiful pearl necklace piece. That would be one of my favorites. Now, first of all, that does sound like an absolute treasure because you would think, oh, well, that's something that a designer made, I don't know, 10 years ago or today, right? But you wouldn't think you would find on this kind of piece that was a vintage piece. Do you know what year that piece, uh, do you know anything about it? I know that it's from either the 50s or the 60s. That is that is so cool. Do you ever shop estate sales? I I don't. That's something that would be so fun to do, but I can never get organized enough to figure out where they are and then get there and go. But I do I, I have a tendency to collect things. So I have collections of hats, collections of gloves, and a collection of pearl necklaces. So I have found some, you know, when they'll sell lots of Yes. From estate sales. So uh-huh. I've bought several like lots of pearls. So there'll be pearl bracelets and pearl necklaces. Um, but that's really all that I've ever done at estate sales. I, I would love to have you do you know of a website where you can access estate sales? I do know of one and I've never been to one, but it's something that I keep, I've been thinking about for like a month now because there's something specific I want and I feel like I'm only going to find it in an estate sale. But then it really got me thinking to, oh my gosh, who knows what you can find because those things probably haven't moved from that place or even if they were there, they're probably in really great condition, especially if it's great quality. I mean, if the closets were taken care of and they had the proper temperatures, blah, 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 you'd probably find amazing things. So I'm really curious. We can go one day together. I'm really curious to go and see like what treasures I can find. Because, you know, even like you said with the gloves, Uh, Back in the 80s, I used to love to wear long leather gloves. And I mean long, like, you know, up to past your elbow. And so that's something that's very specific and very hard to find, as you know. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a collector of them, right? And the pearls, too. I totally get it. Like, I don't wear pearls like I used to, but I have a special love for pearls. It's something very, very specific. And the one strand I have, I got it from a friend of mine who she just passed last year, but she was 92 years old. And there was something very special to her. I think it was like a gift that her husband gave her. And they are so long, so, so long that I can wrap them around a few. And I like the one wrap long, long, long. So yeah, I love, you would love them. They're like, so right up your alley. (laughs) I love that I've acquired enough where I can just, I've got some that go all the way down to my knees and then I can just tear them up. So I'm wearing like 10 different pearl necklaces and that's a look and that's all you really need. With you, the right black dress, white dress, that's gold. I don't care what it is. And and you are absolutely right. 
me. And I love a layering of a necklace in life anyway. So um, piled on, I can so appreciate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, the Monica Lizzie, the jazz singer, is really catchy. And jazz and all its accoutrements are a real part of your life, uh, so much so that you created a lifestyle brand fan base. So tell us about that. Yeah, it's really exciting. I, you know, I found that I personally wanted to not only sing jazz, but I wanted to wear jazz and wanted to just immerse myself and engage all of my senses in this jazz experience. Um, so I created these original contour drawings that are based off of like Picasso-esque line drawings of um, Billy Hall, Simone, Ella Fitzgerald is coming. Um, I even did myself, Lizzie Thomas. And the collection is, uh, it includes loungewear. So t-shirts, I'm launching sweatshirts, but basically it has this very aesthetic, cool line drawing of these jazz icons. These I call them the jazz divas. Um, and, you know, I, it really, the motivation behind it was I wanted to celebrate them as women. I wanted to celebrate them as jazz singers. I wanted to celebrate them as women in jazz. I mean, these are my icons. These are the women who inspire me every day. And I just really wanted to celebrate them. Um, they're cinched bags, which is like, um, it's kind of like a backpack, but it's a sweatshirt material. So it's really easy. It's got a drawstring bag. I found myself in New York going into these um, establishments or shopping center areas. And they were always asking me, do you have a bag? Do you have a bag? I was like, no, I, I got to get one though. <laughs> so I basically <laughs> created these cinched bags that are easy to pack. Um, I always take it on the plane with me. It's that extra bag. If I need one, um, I travel with them. Um, and then also scented candles because, you know, the sense of smell really is important to me. It affects my environment. If I want to change my mood, I put on music and I light a candle. So I, I really wanted to create something that um, was true to my style and true to me, but also share this creative energy that um, is really paying homage to these great female artists and that have shaped this sound that we call jazz. You know, that is so, so radical, right? Because those women, when you look at how they were treated at that time, like the way Billie Holiday was treated and the FBI, what how they practically tortured her and killed her, right, of a broken heart. I mean, she practically died of a broken heart because of all the torture. And so I feel like, you know, those women added so much to um, to music and, and to the background of people's lifestyles. And they all die like destitute and just really not in a good way. I don't, I feel like they weren't loved and supported enough as women. Forget about as artists, as women. And so I think that that's really, really cool for you to find your own way to stand for them and then share that with others. And um, I'm happy to be one of those people who shares that because I love my 
black jazz t-shirt, my diva t-shirt. So um, I, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I really do, especially in the summertime, I don't. But now that it's like starting to get a little cooler, I love coming home, especially in the colder months in New York. And the first thing I like to do is light a candle. I like different scents in my home. It really sets the mood to make my home feel cozy. And if there's one way that I would describe my home or want to describe my home, it's cozy. I'd rather have cozy than anything else. I've got to be cozy and um, toasty and really relaxed and at home in my home. It's it's my sanctuary. So um, I really love the idea of your diva collection. I think that it right it tie everything ties back to everything and brings it uh, full circle. So what are your best selling items? Oh, I would say the scented candle. It it was just launched. And Eliza, tell me, are you more of a mint, jasmine, cedarwood person? Or do you like citrusy? Or do you like a cinnamon clove palo santo? Well, okay, that's a great question because it depends. So around November, December, I kind of like some autumn scents, right? But it could be a different time. I'm in a different mood. And then I like a rose scent. And Christmas, I like um, Nest makes a Chris- the holiday candle, which is my favorite. Can- so I burn that for the holiday. But then once that's over, I don't mind a citrus. So it depends. I, I have seasons on what candles I like. Um, so yeah, that would be um, that would be my answer. <laughs> so I would say so. Evening jazz is a curated scent of cinnamon, clove, and Palo Santo. You light that and you turn on the music of Miles Davis. Billie Holiday, Wes Montgomery, um, Frank Sinatra, you know, just like feel good, cozy, like you say, just it's evening time and I want to feel good and and have like a martini or a scotch or a glass of wine. Um, Morning jazz is kind of the opposite. Morning jazz is stimulating. It helps focus your energy. It has spearmint and eucalyptus, jasmine and cedarwood. So it's uh, more of a starting of the day or, you know, it's it's still very cool and stimulating. Uh, so this is more like Duke Ellington, Chet Baker, Louis Armstrong, Lester <laughs> Young, that kind of feel. And then the third one is called Jazz This, Ooh. which is, mm-hmm, it's a little sassy out of all of them. Uh-huh. This one is Blood Orange, Ylang Ylang, Anise, and Sandalwood. And so this has stimulation it's sensual you're going to listen to like herbie hancock nina simone charlie parker charles mingus so i really tried to figure out exactly what kind of scent i wanted to create and i was like a mad scientist in the kitchen whipping up these these scents but then they also partner and go hand in hand with the feeling of jazz and the moods of jazz as well I think it's so cool that you did that because as you talked about it, I was on like this little journey visualizing and that is a really cool idea. I think I know which one I want to try. So I'll, I'll go to your website and pick the one I want. I want the second one, but I have a quick question. Which one goes with Frank Sinatra? 
because he is in a class by himself. So <laughs> I, it's I would really like to know what sense you paired up with Frank Sinatra. You're right. He is in a class all of his own. Um, <laughs> but I chose evening jazz for him. Um, it's clove, kind of, it's clove, cinnamon, and Palo Santo, but it also has that feeling of like cognac, um, nighttime, gathering with your friends, that kind of feel. Well, that kind of sounds like him. So, um, I mean, if you know anything about him, like I, 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 I'm a little obsessed with him. It's funny. My hairstylist, she says on Sundays, I love this. She says Sundays when she's making Italian food, Sundays are Frank Sinatra day in her home. And that's it. There's nothing else to that. And I was like, that is so cool. Sunday is Frank Sinatra day in her home. And that's it. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Me too. Me too. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I may have to get my, who's going to be my person on Sunday. Um, <laughs> um, now I found this really interesting, Lizzie, as an artist, right? Your followers get access to sound checks, special events, and evening walks in the park with you to talk about jazz, right? Through the memberships you offer. And that's got to be a real treat for your faithful fan base. But me as a paranoid New Yorker, by nature, it freaks me out a little bit because I'm like, well, why does she get some whack job coming? I mean, she has a husband, then her, is her husband going to have to go after somebody. So like, uh, do you have any good or crazy story that has come out of this? Because it's a great idea, right? But now I want to know how it works in real life. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me laugh. <laughs> So you're referencing my Patreon account, which um, it is a membership account, and I try to offer really specialized behind-the-scenes experiences for uh, my fans. So um, specific to the walks in the park, it is while I, I will do a video while I'm walking in the park, and I will sing and chat about something that I'm thinking about. It might be um, I, I stay in touch with my Patreon members. So they'll, I know what they're into. I know what kind of music they like. And so um, I'll share maybe a little story about a particular artist or a song that I'm working on. Um, so that's, that's what that looks like. I have some, I have a couple that is there in the membership and they, I offer access to sound checks before my shows. And it's really cool because it's, they like to come and, you know, it's, it's, they're on a list they walk in, they sit down anywhere they want in the entire club, and they watch me as a band leader and the band go through tunes and sound check and levels. And you really get to see this part of music that honestly, you don't get to see when you go to a show. And that's really what I'm trying to offer. Like, how do you get closer to the music? How do you get closer to understanding just all the different things that make up being a musician, being a jazz musician, um, being an entertainer. Um, and so I find that um, it's been a really great way to connect with my, with my fans. Um, they'll reach out to me when they're kind of, if they don't live in New York, a lot of times they'll reach out to me and say, Hey, we're coming to New York. What clubs do you recommend? Do you know what's going on right now? And it's a way that we get to connect at a totally different level. And they feel like they have like, well, they do. They have like this VIP access to New York City, that's not just me and my shows, it's also to New York City, which has been really special. That is such a fabulous idea because, you know, 
on both parts, right? Because the person who is your fan, they feel like they have a piece of you. They feel like they know you. So now they feel your music. Now they're more connected to your music. They're connected to you as an artist and as a person. And then for you, you really get to share like your inspiration or where it comes from. And the thing is that that's beyond marketing because it is personal. And my gosh, I mean, if, if you told me, oh, through this membership, I can go, I don't even know who I would want to do that with. I'd have to think about it, but I would love that. And you're right. There is something special about being in a sound check or in that kind of environment. You know, you said that. And I thought of two things. I thought of Aretha Franklin with one of her most iconic albums. She recorded it in the church with a choir because she needed to connect to the audience. And Frank Sinatra, right, going back to him, he would most of the time record with a big band and have some of his audience members there too because he needed to feel that connection. He didn't just want to be in a studio belting out hits and, you know, have no one to connect to. So I really, when I uh, read that on your website, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so dope. You know, so if you had the opportunity to do that with somebody, it doesn't matter if they're with an artist, if they're living or they're dead, who would it be? Ooh, wow. That's a tough question. Do I only get one? Only one because we could be here all day. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I, I would have to say Billie Holiday. Perfect. Perfect. And you know, who knows the stories you can only imagine the stories you would come back with from that. You know, if I could have a number two and number three, it would be Nina Simone. Uh -huh. And then it would be Carmen McRae. I don't know who she is. So maybe I can learn about her from you. Please. I'll send you. Yes, she is an incredible jazz vocalist. And she also played piano. Um, she was a real scholarly musician in a way that um, really very special. So uh, off the top of my head, I don't know who mine would be. But I will say that one of my favorite, favorite singers, I did have this opportunity many, many times. And so, and the cool thing was that I really knew this person's music. I mean, every time an album came out, I had it like day one, I would stand in line if I had to for it. So, um, to be in, to be around their creative zone was not only, um, like mind blowing and magical, but it was, you know, it was really cool to, to see the process and you really get to see people's talents when you're like, Oh my gosh, this person just wrote a song in the seven minutes that we were sitting here. And then, you know, so, um, I, I always, 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 even as a kid, I was like, boy, I would have loved to have been in the studio when this song was being recorded or when that song, because I think I'm more interested in the anecdotes, <laughs> you know, than the actual song, because sometimes it's like, what? That's incredible. I would not, you know? So, um, yeah, so that, I, that is a great thing you do. I hope you really have a lot of fun with that. You know, the jazz era has come a long way since the 1920s. So what fashions do you think define jazz today for men and women? Well, I think like what we were saying earlier, I mean, it's an attitude, it's a mindset. So I think jazz is about thinking authentically. Um, you know, I mean, specific to 
I guess I would say men um, and fashion, the return of the three-piece suit and the quote, the dandy look and wearing hats. I mean, that's definitely, I think, what people associate as the jazz era that, you know, you see fashion um, in certain, I mean, it's definitely happening in the New York jazz culture. The guys um, are really getting into fashion and really getting into how they look on stage. And, and every, and what's cool is everybody has their own thing. They've got their own authentic, you know, I can think of a couple of guys and one guy always wears this, always wears hats. One guy always wears ties. Mm -hmm. One guy always wears three piece suits. You know, I mean, each of them have their own little authentic way that they're expressing themselves, which I think really is at the heart of jazz. Um, And the same with women. I mean, I, I love when I look at my contemporaries and how they're dressing and how they're presenting themselves, they, these ladies are showing up. And I love it. They see that the visual aspect is important. And I think that it's really important and it always has been important. Um, but I, I see the ladies out there and I say, yes, all right. All right now, because they're begin, you know, dresses, sensational dresses and women wearing, wanting to look good. I don't think that's ever going to go out of fashion and out of style. And it's so um, pleasurable, right, to know, to see that, to experience it, and just to, you know, to be in the presence of it because you appreciate it. And you're like, all right, now this is where, you know, this is where it's at. This is nice. I'm enjoying this. And that's part of what you want, I think, when you go to listen to any kind of jazz. Before I let you go, I just, I had this thought. Have you seen, I'm sure you have, the Fran Lebowitz Pretend It's a City? (laughs) Yeah, I've seen the first like three episodes of it. Yes. Her anecdotes on jazz and her and the jazz artist. I mean, there was, um, I, I don't know if you saw it, but it was an episode where Spike Lee was interviewing her. And I thought they were going to roll on the floor, punching each other into a fight because he was so mad that his his jazz idols that he looked up to were like her best friends and they were going home to eat matzo ball soup with her mother. So it was just so funny how mad he was um, and how, and he was like, well, that's not true. You know, so-and-so couldn't have done that because she was like, I was there. (laughs) That's so furious. Um, But her anecdotes about her jazz friends are just so legendary and so wildly entertaining that you must go back and finish it out because you, you know, as a lover would totally appreciate it. Lizzie, thank you so, so much for coming on today and talking about vintage valuables and jazz vibes. And, and I really like that this is, it's your lifestyle, but you really encompass everything in your life. And it's not that you're defined by it. It's that you love it and it's your lifestyle. Um, and I watch you on Instagram. So I see that, you know, you travel a lot with your husband, you sing a lot. So this is really, you know, you're about this life. You're not just glamorizing it, talking about it. You really about it. And it's nice to see you enjoying it. And it's nice to really see you live out your passion. Um, can you please tell people where they can find you, where they can hear you sing and all that jazz? Yes, yes. Everything that we spoke about today, you can find on my website, Lizzie the Jazz Singer. 
It's L-I-Z-Z-I-E, The Jazz Singer. I actually give some um, behind the scenes talking about my albums that I now have four albums out. Um, And I give, I try to be really personal. It's not, um, you know, it's not just a resume. It's, I'm really trying to let you into my life and why I do what I do and why I sing what I sing. And then my next show, it's a holiday show. It's on December 17th at Chelsea Table and Stage. It's um, at 7 p.m., December 17th. And I'm actually doing a meet and greet uh, prior to the show in what they call the Chelsea Bar and Lounge, um, just to say hi and to connect with, um, you know, it's a holiday party. So I want to say hi and connect with my friends and my fans. Uh, the show's at seven. It should be about an hour, 15, hour and a half. And it's a celebration of the holiday season. Um, songs from my Santa Baby album will be showcased. And I've got a great killer band that I'm working with. That sounds like so much fun and it sounds intimate, which is the way I like to hear music. When you um, hear music in an intimate setting, it's a real game changer. It's a, it's a real experience. So uh, don't be surprised if I can make it out that night. I would love to go sing some holiday tunes or just sit back and listen and unwind from this crazy year that I've had. Thank you again for being here, everyone. You can find Lizzie the Jazz Singer everywhere. Find Go to lizziethejazzsinger.com on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. She's there with her whole diva jazz collection. Wait, did I say it right? Jazz diva collection. Oh, the jazz diva collection. That's right. Okay, thank you. See, I want to say it right. She's got her jazz diva collection, her fabulous candles, great t-shirts. And I really love the fact that she is keeping that culture alive and standing up for those women who probably didn't have everything, right? All the support that they should have had to stand up today. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your passion, your joy. It is much appreciated. And um, hopefully we will see each other in December. Yes, I would love that, Eliza. Thank you so much for having me. This has been just a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone who listened. And if you have any questions uh, for me or want to find out more about Lizzie, you know where to find her, Lizzie the Jazz Singer. You can find me on Wardrobe Boss at Instagram and Wardrobe Boss Podcast. And don't forget, subscribe, like, bring a friend, and you can learn something, even if it's about jazz. I mean, this is a Wardrobe Podcast, but we pretty much cover everything because it's about life too. So I wish you a great day and all that jazz. Wardrobe Boss is hosted and produced by Eliza Perilla. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Wardrobe Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Wardrobe Boss is a mean old line media production.